This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Good morning, it's that time of the week again. It's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. Ryan and Kelsey joining me. I'm Matt. Um, hello, thank you for joining us. We're here every Saturday morning from 10, um, bringing you the latest Gloucestershire sports news, basically. That's that's it in a nutshell. Um, and we are Seven Sport as a collective. And here we are. Um, episode number three. Three episodes in and you're already referring to we. Yeah, I was going to say, say that. Yeah, I was, part of we I was gonna say when, how long do we give it Ooh. until he... Uh, start saying oh yeah no we well it's styled as mm. the seven sport on dean radio so we've got to say we well, as a collective but you just said the term we are seven sport we are yeah he's back he's <laughs> back he's we've back got in him. the game <laughs> didn't take long yeah, nah. and uh actually i am back i'm coming to the game today oh, well it seems it's a double whammy go. mate absolutely yeah. unbelievable a day, day of yeah? yates is he commenting a couple of days i get an afternoon off from can i do social media instead yeah. No, 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 that's that's what's bit of forty five. Yeah, I'm just gonna be the one in the background chatting. Come on, see, have yeah. a seat. <laughs> come on, see, come on, boys. Um, yeah, you are after Boss City today. Um, we, are yeah, we, we are all. See, yeah. He's already lost it, literally. Like, we can go in your new car. Your new car. You can. You can't. We can't actually. You can't go in my car. He's not in chores, probably. Yeah. No, actually, the wife has got it to transport the child. Transportate the child. Is that worked? Yeah. That's just. That's just. Uh, move wife's, on. Let's just. Wife's got, uh, yeah, wife's more, got Matt's on. car. Kelsey's got a curfew on the night of recording. Jesus. Um. Let's talk about City in a bit. Anyway, let's go with last week's game. Let's get straight into it. Um, yeah, we'll dive in a little bit. It was a bit wet again last week, wasn't it? We had a few off. Yeah, but you say that, but we had a few off. But myself and Kelsey managed to get three games in, mm. which you know, we sat here last week and we were bemoaning that you know, only been able to get the one. But three games, three good games, three different games. Um, we'll, we'll touch on all three of them throughout the, the night, but we saw um, a very good 1-1 draw at Brimscombe against Reading City and then a good uh, demolition job in the end for Cinderford Town against Bristol Manor Farm. Um, and then we went and uh, spoiled it all by doing something stupid like watching a 0-0 at Long Levens on a Wednesday Well, night. you say that, but it wasn't like it was a bad game. It, was, it, was, it wasn't. It, yeah. It, it, it was probably New Year's Day. Look, I, I mean, I said it to you. I mean, we we, we saw a worse game yeah. when, when, when Shortwood put four goals past our in-town development. So it just goes to show that it wasn't it wasn't a bad nil-nil by any stretch of the imagination. It's just Harry Emmett, really, which uh, obviously, as I said, we'll, uh, we'll touch on a little bit later on. You just love goals. Than New Year's love Day, goals. Yeah, we do yeah. like goals. We've seen, to be fair, we've been treated to a few goals this month, which is good. Yeah, so you're due a nil now. And also, excitingly, the rearranged fixtures started to be released, and we've actually got more choice of games on Tuesday mm-hmm. night, which is absolutely mm-hmm. great news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sticking with last week, uh, we're going to talk about Gloucester City next anyway. Um, let's go on to their game last week against Geisley, 2 and defeat. Um, still not quite clicking no. in the City camp. Um, and the problem is that teams around them, it is clicking for them. Mm. Um, I mean, we've got James Rowe up on the on the show later on. Gloucester City manager and, and he obviously points out as well that you know Blythe in particular are the ones that everyone's looking at picking up points from 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 sort of everywhere at the minute and Gloucester need to match that and, and start replicating that sort of form. Oh, it's a risky take isn't it when you bring in so many new players in, in such a short space of time and, and, and you're down there in that um, you know in the, in the lower echelons of the league I guess um, it's it's one that James Rowe has to get right and I think he's got enough time between now and the end of the season to get it right 
but it it, it needs to come soon. It needs to, it needs to come quick. It really well, does. Well, that sort of ties in, Matt, perfectly, really, into to sort of what we were going to talk about. Um, you know, lots happened at Gloucester City this week in particular. Um, I think it does every week, really. Gloucester City's mm. always a, a carousel of news and... It's good, for, good for it? getting some stories on the website. Yeah, say. definitely. <laughs> um, but for those who don't know, obviously, club legends, Sam Avery and Joe Parker have both left the club and Jenison and Murray Williams, who was a high-profile signing in the summer's left. Um, and, you I know, mean, he never really sort of set the world alight. Well, injury, injury plagued him yeah. as well, but we saw him in pre-season at the time and he looked like he could do. All right. I mean, against Fairfield in particular, he, him and Marlon Jackson were linking up very well. Um but yeah, injuries and out of form just sort of cost him really. And I think fans were always going to be a bit patient with him anyway because they're the kind of player he is. Mm. Um, but, you know, James Rowe and City have reacted by bringing in three new players. Bernard Mensah from Bristol Rovers. Um, then we have got Taylor Allen from uh, Forest Green. And we've also got Lewis Brunt, who is on loan from Aston Villa. And I wanted to sort of flag to, to you boys. I know Kelsey, you in particular at the time of recording, you haven't had a chance to, to have a look at it. No. But... Lewis Brunt is um, a midfielder signed by Aston Villa, uh, from Aston Villa, sorry. And in the press release from Glossy, it does say in there that the move is actually a start of a working relationship between the two clubs. And uh, a little bit comes later on in the in the show from James Rowe on that um, connections with uh, Aston Villa and Mark Delaney, the the youth um, manager over there. So it could be an exciting pathway really for Glossy. You know, they've had the the partnerships and mm. in particular the relationships with other clubs Bristol Rovers in particular with Mike Cook for example and uh, yeah looks like potentially another one this time with a Premier League club mm. the jury is going to be still going to very much be out on uh, on the new signings especially you, not just when you make a new signing but especially in, in the way that the two, like you said, club legends have have left the club. It's always going to be a bit of taste, isn't it? it yeah, it's 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 a natural reaction, though, isn't it? Like um, the fans are going to see that as, uh, oh, this is very much now. It is it change is very much happening. I mean, uh, James Rowe always speaks about moving the club forward, um, and, and that now is becoming you know a stark reality for Gloucester City fans. The jury will definitely be out. I mean. <laughs> For me, I mean, looking at the initial sort of reaction to to a few of the signings, uh, Bernard Mensa signed from Bristol Rovers. You actually had to look at some of the replies to to Bristol Rovers tweet on the um, obviously on on I think it was Thursday, wasn't it when they when they signed him or, or was it Thursday Thursday or Wednesday? Yeah, uh, it was Thursday. Yeah. Um, a lot of Bristol Rovers fans very sort of well pleased to see the back of of Bernard Mensa due to uh, it was apparent. What lazy attitude um, and inability uh, to score goals, but then again, he yeah. is, it is it's a fresh start and you know goal scoring. He is a winger, you know. I mean, you don't necessarily expect your wingers to be chipping in with twenty goals a season if they can, you know, add a couple here and there. Great, but it's you know the assist if he can provide and be the exactly, feeder yeah. for a Marlon Jackson, for example, then it's going to be better for C. It's but, very much you yeah. know been, been the way where where City have had someone like Joe Parker for such a long time. Now, Joe Parker's a Great guy. He's done so much for the club off the field in terms of the community, things like that. You know, he's he even you know uh, brought in a bit more high profile for the club when he went and scored that hat trick against Yate in the FA Cup. Got a move to Newport and things like that. Um, you know, bringing a bit of income for the club as well. But for for me, it, it was always <laughs> he's such a weird player because he, he he was a great finisher of the ball, but he wasn't good enough to play as like a lone striker and lead the line by himself. 
and he was really he was really pacey and played out on the wing loads of times, but he didn't really have the technical ability to be an out and out winger. So someone like Izakovitsa, for example, didn't really have the skill to to beat a man other than just knock it past him and 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 hope he can beat him for pace. So great guy, really great guy. But I think the move has come at the right time to be honest. His end product wasn't really consistent enough, I think, for a side like Gloucester who need points and need goals. So I can understand really why that didn't happen, but. Yeah, to counter obviously what you're saying about the Bristol Rovers comments on on Twitter, if you look at some of the Maidenhead United fans and all the shop fans who have commented on it as well, they have said that you know you are getting a good player here. Um, you've just got to play his game, and I think that is the kind of player that Gloucester probably need. It's almost a luxury player to have, a player you could potentially build around, but. The proof's in the pudding at the end of the day. But then, it? how many how many players have they bought in that could be classed as yeah, players exactly. who could be built around? I mean, you know, the centre half they just signed Luke, after Luke Pennell. I mean, mm. that's a player you could build the defence around. I mean, even you, I mean, you had one there anyway, waiting in the line. Spencer Hamilton. I mean, you could could have built the whole defence around him, but you know, Jory's still out as to whether or not his his place in the team is still going to be there. It's the, same, it's the same as what we've mentioned on look, we're the third show now, and we've said it every week with Gloucester City because there's always been a story, as you said, and we've always said that. They're building a team rather than relying on loans like they have done in the past. So, yeah, they're going to build a team around a, a good midfit, a good defender, and a good midfielder, and you know they're going to build it up like that. So, well, it looks we saw like that's we what, s- what Rose is trying to do. Yeah, I mean, and we've sort of seen that before with City, like a couple of years ago when Tim Harris had that really successful season where uh, they finished like tenth in the in the National League North. They had a very core squad. Um, you know, they supplemented it really well with a couple of loan signings here and there, but uh, ultimately the, uh, the the core sort of you know fifteen that were on a match day w- was was more or less the same for for a good sort of twelve months, and and it really did uh, pay dividends. To be honest, it really didn't. Work you, guys, you guys talk about obviously building for the future and what Gloss City are doing, Kelsey. I know you haven't read this, mm. so I'll read you the quotation that was in the. Uh, Gloss City website's uh, confirmation of Taylor Allen joining on loan from Forest Green. <coughs> Pretend I'm James Rowe. <laughs> You're spitting image, I must say, mate. I mean, we're seeing him tomorrow, and if you say that to him, I'm pretty sure he will be livid. Um, he says, <coughs> It's been a busy period in regards to forming a squad that is capable of performing at the high intensity and quality needed to play the front foot attacking possession football. That is what we have put together and within budget. He then goes on to say, there will be not there will there will not be I mean this is badly written out there will not be any more permanent ins or outs transfers as we settle and now focus on building momentum with teams having three games in hand on us when arriving and now us having two games in hand on most it's important to have perspective we've made some excellent additions and it's time now to pull together and for our new players to build strong bonds with the supporters and take us forward together we are stronger. <coughs> they that from Wales, haven't they? Well, <laughs> yeah. initial thoughts there, Kelsey. Obviously, you know, um, and obviously mentioned about almost lack of fan reaction to to some of the signings, and you know, we have seen some negativity from the fans in regards to the players departing. You know, what does that tell you there? What are you saying? I mean, it's very clear, isn't it? It's a very clear statement as to where James Rowe and you know Alex Pefferman and Amy McGurk are taking the club now in that direction as as they move. Move forward, you say. You know, it's, it's impossible not to say that now when you when you're talking about Gloucester City because that is what very much what they're doing. So it's a very telling statement there. Or you know, the words he's used very very powerful. It speaks like a leader. Uh, does James? Where every time we've spoken to him, he always seems to to have that sort of air about him. So 
is it's it's just it's going to be one of those. Is it? I mean, we might look back at this in in six months' time and we think, "Wow, fair play, James Rowe, what an unbelievable job he did." Or we Could might be seven or, sport manager of the year. Or we might well be sat here in six months' time saying, yeah. "Wow, I can't believe James Rowe did that to the squad and and <laughs> got them relegated." For example, I mean, you know, just to, as the most extreme example. So time will tell. But uh, on on the basis of things, what we're seeing at the moment, it looks like a fairly good squad that he's that he's assembled. But still got a long way to go in the season, so we'll see. And we'll start start with that today. The thing is, they've got a winnable game today. Yeah, you look at it, and I do mention it to to James in in the interview we got in the next part. You know, it is a winnable game. You look at the table, you look at the form, and and on paper, it does look like you know Gloucester can easily get a win today. Obviously. Football's not played on paper. We've said it every episode so far. Yeah. And, you know, they have to put it together. You've got three new players that have come in and, you know, a couple of players who were cornerstones, really, of the um, Gloss City side for the last few years that have gone. You know, there is going to be a bit of pressure. And, you know, I'm calling it now, really. If we go to that game this afternoon and Gloss to go 1-0 down early on, I mean, that could be a disaster. But on the flip side, if Gloucester were to go 1-0 up straight away, Say they score going on the first 10-15 minutes, like, Jesus, how much tension is that going to relieve from everyone? Well, that's that's the biggest way to win, you, win fans round is by winning games and picking up points, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I think if... It's like we said on the last show as well, a lot of things have changed all at once for Gloucester City fans and it's kind of... They need to get their head round that it's it's going in a different way than the club's been running in the past. But I think if you were to make these changes and City were still winning games and up in like ninth, 10th in the table... I don't think there would be as much backlash of someone like Sam Avery leaving. I think they'd probably be like, you know, thanks for your service. We're still doing well, yeah. But because the fact they've dropped down the table, it's a bit like, well, these local lads were doing it last season and now you're bringing in these guys and you're not doing any any better. One thing I've said to to Kelsey, and I even said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, if the Chris Todd era uh, of City had never happened, would this little bit of panic... Be, be hovering around with everybody I'm not too sure no I don't think so I, I, I mean if, if say for example we go all the way back Tim Harris has just left James Rose come in after that made a few changes and, and what have you you'd say oh well you know it's just a new manager coming in it will take time to to settle in and stuff like that but because that disaster of an era has happened even after Rico left you know it's just bad memories th- of coming back to haunt. I think the difference with those kind of things in the past, though, is uh, Rico left to go somewhere else, yeah. and Tim Harris left of his own accord. It's the fact that um, Kirk and, and Co were kind of forced out, like forced out, and then this guy was brought in. So they kind of think they brought him in as an upgrade, and they haven't upgraded results-wise. It's almost the um, almost like in uh, Home Alone when they're on the plane. And the mum thinks she's done something bad. It's kind of like the bad memories. <laughs> and, you know, in the second one, he says, you know, it's just bad memories. That's all. That's all it is. Lots of fans, it's just bad memories. You know, get a win. Ideally today while we're there watching it. And then, you know, just build on that. Taking three ep- three episodes and he's got a home loan reference in. <laughs> After Christmas as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so Gloss City uh, home to Southport this afternoon then. It is our game, the seven sport, your game of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the game of the day. Um, so yeah, like you said, hoping for a win there. We will be speaking to James Rowe after the break. Also coming up after the break, we're going to be dropping back into the forest as we look at Cinderford. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Let me go, I'll 
This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Uh, second part of the show. We were just talking about Gloucester City before the break. Um, we have now got James Rowe on the line with Ryan Butler. James, uh, good morning. And uh, what a week it's been for yourself. Yeah, it's, um, as I was just saying to your fair, it's been obviously not so much uh, in the last 48 hours, but when we've got wind of the players that are available, um, Obviously, I want to thank the board of directors to start with. Obviously, that showing their their faith and backing me with 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 what we want to do. Um, obviously, a lad like Bernard meant to come in available. Um, we moved quickly to, to getting his services on a permanent on an eighteen months. So we're delighted with that, um, and hopefully, um, that sort of player, that sort of caliber player, will uh, bring a lot of smiles to to Gloucester fans' faces. Obviously. Um... The, the three guys that, that have signed in the last 48 hours, as you said there, you know, you look at it, it's exciting opportunities. Obviously, um, Aston Villa being thrown around, you know, it is a, a Premier League club at the end of the day, so it is always going to uh, catch the eye. What can you tell us about all three of them um, and sort of where are they going to be slotting in into your team? Well, all three can play multiple positions, so that's what attracts me firstly. Um, I think I said it when we obviously released the the mentor one that he can play across the front so he plays your 9, 11, 10 or 7 so uh, that will depend on the opposition and where we think he can cause more most damage uh, game to game um, and the other two are in a different boat because they come for development so obviously first of all we're delighted obviously to have a, a player come from Aston Villa a Premier League club and, and get a link there and hopefully build a strong relationship going forward because I think that would be important um, he uh, Lewis is um Got a lot of energy, yeah. um, and he can play box to box, but also he can sit in there and take the ball because he's a very good technician. So um, again, that's really exciting for us as a club to, to continue his development. But also, obviously, we thank Aston Villa for them showing faith in, in me and my staff that we can develop Lewis uh, and bridge that gap into their own first name. So that's the idea with him. And Taylor, um, again, he's got. He had a lot of clubs after him in the summer. Uh, I've known Mark for a very long time. Got a great relationship with him. So, again, we thank him for letting us develop one of his top talents. Um, he's obviously played eight times in their first team this yeah. year, so he's not far off. And it's just that final little step for, for Taylor. And hopefully we can provide that for him, but also he can provide us with the, the ammunition and the goals we need because we're lacking goals this year. And we, uh, with these three players, they're all capable of scoring goals. So hopefully that'll, uh, that'll add to us. In particular with uh, with Taylor and Lewis, obviously they are um, initial loan deals at the moment. But so when you approach a, an Aston Villa or or even a Forest Green, you know, is there anything in particular you need to to say to them, or, or what? How do you sort of sell Gloucester City? This is me just being curious at this point. So what what yeah, sort of have you uh, said to to the players and, um, and the, the managers? Well, yeah, obviously I'm, uh, I come from a development background uh, before I joined first team football four years ago. I was in development around the Midlands. So actually the 23s manager at um, Aston Villa's Mark mm-hmm. Delaney, who I used to, we used to go against him when I was at Birmingham. So you stay in touch with these people and obviously uh, they trust you a little bit more because you've got that relationship. Um, so that was the one with Lewis, but also Tom Brady's there as a head of recruitment for the academy who was working at Birmingham with me as well. So it's uh, it's connections that way and, and obviously reassuring them that, you know, showing them the long-term plan of Gloucester, how we want to play, because um, at the moment it's been difficult with the playing principles because there's been so much change and upheaval. Um, so we need to settle down now with the squad, 
uh, and put those principles of play and, and start picking up points. I did read on the the City website um, in regards to, to signings, you have said that there isn't going to be any more permanent signings coming in. And you talk about you know looking to get out settled squad and you even mention it there. How important is that going to be over the next few weeks to, to get the, the side settled and, and consistent? Oh, it's massive. It's massive, um, Ryan. It's, um, it's, it felt right last night, uh, two nights ago, when we were training with the, with the group. It's a good group. They're good human beings who are brought in as well to add to the to the squad. And it's important now that they build bridges with the supporters and start building relationships, which I'm sure they will because they're all good lads, all good characters. Um, and we can just start building momentum. We've got to stop pulling in different directions and realise this is what we're doing. We're back at Meadow Park in six months. We're turning, transitioning full-time. And obviously, right in front of our nose, we need to pick up some points, which I'm sure we will. But as I said... Um, when I came in, there's three games in hand a lot of uh, clubs had on us. So I think the league position was a bit false. Um, and now we've got two games on, in, in hand on those. That's five game swings. So, of course, the, uh, the table's going to tell a different, uh, a different tale to what, actually what, what it should do. So once that balances out mid-February, we'll see where we are. But I'm more than confident we'll pick up points now. Now, obviously, I don't want to, to dwell on it too much. Obviously, we're looking ahead to... To Saturday in a moment, uh, and obviously the, the game this afternoon. And you know, we do have to mention that two players did depart last week in, in Joe Parker and Sam Avery. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not the transfers that aren't going to please everybody. And obviously, fans did question a little bit. Um, you talk about there, you know, getting everyone together as a club. Um, what would you say to fans in particular if they were to ask, like, you know, what thought processes were and you know, how would you get fans on board here? Uh, well, my position as manager is to make those tough decisions. It's not easy. Uh, it's particularly not easy when you have to sit those players down and obviously explain to them that uh, their future's not at the, uh, at the club anymore. So that's, I don't take pleasure in that. Um, but both have got bright futures. Obviously, Sam's only 13 and Joey's got many years ahead of him. Um, it's just the direction we're going in now. We're transitioning to full-time the way I want to play, they don't fit into it. Um, and sort of clear-cut decisions in mm. regards to, OK, what's available to come in, such as Bernard Mentor, um, and only his performances and the bond he builds with the supporters will will answer that line, really, to be honest. Um, I've got to make those decisions I yeah. have. Uh, we can't dwell on those. We've got to move forward now and um, get behind the team, get behind the management team and the board of directors and all together and push it forward because we've got such a fantastic, bright future ahead of us. Um, short-termism, if you keep looking at the short-term, keep signing players on non-contract, keep signing them uh, year after year with no long-term plan, you're going to struggle as a club. No, um, I agree with that. So we, so we need to... Um, we, that's what we're doing. We're obviously building for the longer term, but also that's not to, to the detriment of the short-term in regards to results. We know where we are, the position we're in, the players are fully aware, and I'm sure this afternoon uh, it'll be a start of um, sort of a, an up in the performances uh, and the results. You mentioned this afternoon's game. Obviously, it's our featured game on, on Seven Sport. You look at the table. You look at you know on paper. We always say that football's not played on paper, of course, but you know it's a very winnable game at home. You know, chance for the fans to come out, see the new players, um, get a taste for for the new squad. How is, is today 
a massive game if you win, or, or is it, you know, just to sort of see where you're at and, and build on it? They're all big games because anyone could beat anyone at this level. Live have shown that in their last performances in the last two months, um, right to the top where York have come off it a little bit. So, you know, it's um, anyone can beat anyone in the National League, and that goes for the National League main one as well. It happens all the time. So, they're all winnable games. Um, all the defeats we've had so far against playoff teams away from home, guys, these Darlington's and Southport, who are Southport fourth, I think we played them last. They're obviously all in the playoff reckoning. So, Southport only two points off now. So, it's a difficult game. Um, it is winnable because they're all winnable. But um, the fact that we've been in every game and only lost by one goal, it shows that we're building. Uh, the way for uh, the away form performances have improved. It's just um, getting that momentum now, and we're up because we're, we're settled. There's no more ins and outs. Got some very good additions, uh, and let's see where it takes us. Perfect, James. Well, we'll see you up at the Jubilee this afternoon. James Roy, thanks for us on the on the show. No problem, Ryan. See you then. Lovely man. James Rowe there, Gloucester City manager. Nice interview, Butler. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very talkative as well, which is always good when you've got, a, got someone to interview. Very positive <laughs> as well. You yeah. know, considering he's had a, you got to be honest, he's had a, a difficult week with, with comments that have been uh, thrown out there on social media after the news of the two players departing. So, you know, he's uh, he's pretty tuned in, to be honest. I mean, he's had a difficult, difficult, you know, period as manager. Yeah. So not just a difficult week. I mean, it's more been like a baptism of fire, isn't it? He, he does say the right thing. Sometimes they are a bit sort of Boris-style cliche. But, but he's very straight-talking, isn't yeah. he? It's very sort of matter-of-fact. And you know, it's very much what you see is what you get. Yeah. Which, you know, you've got to respect in a manager, really. But, yeah, live commentary today. Yeah, it sounds like he means business. So, yeah, as Butler said, uh, game of the day for Seven Sports today is Gloucester City versus Southport in the National League North. Live commentary of that is on sevensport.co.uk from 3pm with the three of us. Maybe. I might think about it. you hear the excitement? You know, between us two. You now. actually, you were, I mean, you wouldn't have been to Gloucester this year, yeah. but uh, they play uh, our friend Shai Hughes has made a, a montage at the start of the, That's class, the game mate. before the teams class. come out. Nice. And it's all like clips of the commentary. I start the piece. It's me. And then, you know, I appear a couple times. Kelsey appears zero times. Uh, no. I'm in there like twice. Actually. Zero times. No one really hears Kelsey. Everyone's there to hear the big dog. And I'm, I'm in it. Nice. Which is great news. Which which clip have they gone for? Which clip do you reckon Loads, they've gone mate. for? Loads. The the FA Cup one. Yeah, the FA Cup one. My calling card. I was nominated for an award at uni yes. for Yes. Nominated for an award at uni for that. I love you, know. Um Good for you, mate. Right, let's move on from Gloucester anyway in the game of the day. Uh, some support later on. Um, let's have a look at the Southern League then. And do you want to go through last week's games before we go into this week's, or do you just want to go straight? Um, in? we'll go Start into fresh. last week. We saw. Um, a game on Tuesday night um, in Cinderford versus Bristol Manor Farm on Tuesday. Mm. Um, on a Saturday, Cinderford actually went to Eastham United and won 4-0, which is a scoreline I didn't really predict and mm. didn't really expect. And I don't even think many Cinderford fans would have expected it either, especially after the Siren Sister game the week before. But two very, very good showings from, from Cinderford Kels. And, you know, we we were there with a bunch of others watching a, a young left back called Callum Wood. Bristol Manor Farm, a garbage, mate. That's all I've got to say. I will be honest. I said to Lewis Spurrier, name drop here, work with him. Um, they are the worst seven league team I've seen this season. Yeah, they were. They were not. They were not. I mean, it, that, to be fair, they they started 
<laughs> really well. I mean, the left back scored from about thirty yards. Andy Hanna completely he, caught on his toes. He surprised himself. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just, it was mad. And other than that, they just they just they just weren't good. That's you know, like I don't, don't want to be remember like, Andy Hanna having to do anything else I, other than picking the ball no. out, isn't it? I don't like. I don't want to seem like I'm hating on Bristol Manor Farm, but they really were not good at all. I mean, whether or not that's just a, an indictment of how sort of good Cinderford are and how good they can be and how good they were on the night, maybe. But uh, they weren't. They weren't troubled. Put it that way. I mean, I mean, Sam Till pr- pretty much had the uh, left winger his number all game. So Callum Ward nearly well. got Alan Griffinson off as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, former Siren man who got hooked after about what seventy minutes. Well, what happened, Matt? Is um, Alan Blaine was winding Alan Griffin up, and Griffin's gone straight for him. Got booked, and I turned to Kelsey and went, "He's either going to get hooked or he's going to get sent off." And we went about ten minutes. He got hooked. It was just one of those clear and obvious ones that were going to happen. Such a bold prediction that your striker, who is having a really poor game, is going to get substituted. What, what a really great hot take that was. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Daggers across the studio. Um, so well, there, uh, were, there were scouts, Matt. There were scouts yeah, yeah, amongst yeah, us. So, yeah. We were rubbing the shoulders, mate. Football league scouts as yeah, well. Football yeah, football league. Several um, from teams based uh, in and around Gloucestershire. Cheltenham Town and Forest Green being two of them. So they were both watching. Those are the football league clubs. Yeah, there are a couple of others around. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. He won't mind me saying it, but there are a couple of other football league clubs. But me and Kelsey respect Paul Michael, the Sinford Town manager. He asked us not to tell anybody about them, so we won't. So if you want to know, then uh, you can post a brown envelope to me enclosed with some form of payment, and uh, I won't tell you. I mean, I don't get paid till Monday, so I'll take a fiver right now. It's always sensible to send checks in the post, guys. Remember that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> who, you, who pays by check nowadays, apart from old people for their energy? I mean, we do it in any insurance job I have for certain payments. I had, a, I had a check from the DVLA for tax I paid and they had to give it back. And oh, It's a faff because you've got to check it in. But anyway. Pesky. Did you have to pay to keep your uh, personalised plate and put it on a new car? I did, yeah. yeah. They get you. They 50, quid, get you. 50 quid, I think it was. 50? It's, it's 50. 80 for some people. 50 English pounds to transfer your number plate from one yeah, car Yeah, it's, it's mental. Yeah. Obviously, I work in car insurance. I mean, we're getting off sport completely. You're not one of those mad. people with a personalised plate. The, the insurance let me change it for free, which was good. Yeah, the so. insurance were all right. Anyway, um, <laughs> sticking with Cinderford then. Um, Finally, something I know, insurance. Good win for them in the week. They've got an easy game this afternoon. Um, Jesus, how are you just going to throw that out there? It's an easy game. <laughs> They've got a bottom of the league, Basingstoke. Come on. Basingstoke Town are a team in absolute crisis. They're going to be clawing for the points. Ryan is just out absolutely fuming that you said it's an easy game against Basingstoke. Ryan loves Basingstoke. Now, Cinderford have actually moved up to seventh in the league. We spoke to Paul Michael about it afterwards, and you know he's saying that you know, they've had their bad period, and to still be in and amongst it, you know that's testament to Cinderford. And really, it was this time last year they started to kick on. So, you know, who knows what can happen with Cinderford? There, we did mention it last week. Um, the other games in the Southern League this afternoon and Sirencester Town versus Shawling, Slimbridge versus Bonstable Town and Winchester City versus Evesham United. Very winnable games for all four sides of, of our sides, really. And um, yeah, three of the four at home or all four of them at home, I think. Uh, Evesham were away. Yeah. Of course. I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll keep that little group of the four <laughs> that we keep an eye on in the league together because they're all in a bit of a row now. Cinderford, Slimbridge, Evesham and Siren. Um, it's great. It is great back. for us, and it's great for Gloucestershire and and, and the as well. Um, to you know, be in and around the the top ten at this stage of the, the season, because then you have something to look at and you can chase, and you can all go for it. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if you know a couple of Gloucestershire sides miss out for the playoffs due to another couple of the Gloucestershire sides. 
Um, one of the game that we're going to mention just quickly, Macclesfield Town versus Forest Green is in League Two. Chantman aren't playing. I think it's because Tranmere went through the FA Cup, didn't they? You, uh, no, I think it's Northampton. Northampton. Uh, Northampton. Northampton. Of course it is. Um, so that brings the second part of the show to a lovely little close. Coming up after the break, we're going to be dipping into the Hellenic League because uh, you boys watched Brimscombe last week. Twice. Twice, twice. last week. Uh, once against Reading, once against Long Levens. Uh, and also we're going to stick with the Forest as well as Lydney have made a few signings this week. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back to 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Um, we're into the third part of the show. And we're going to go straight to the Hellenic League now. Um, because Sounds you boys sweet. watched <laughs> <laughs> classic joke that one. Because uh, you watched um, Brimscombe versus Reading and Brimscombe versus Long Levens last week. Long Levens versus Brimscombe. Get it right, Matthew. We were at Long oh, Levens. sorry, sorry. I thought you were you were going to Brimscombe. Yeah, we did. We went to Brimscombe on Saturday. Mm. We were welcomed with open arms as ever. Cold, mate. Cold. That, well, it was uh, it towards the end of the second half. It towards, didn't yeah. start off cold, but, but around the sixty-minute mark, it yeah. just got really cold for no reason, just out of absolutely nowhere. Ironically, you know? it was after all the goals had gone in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it Me wasn't and Kelsey, but basically, I was. We weren't. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it on the radio, but I am. Basically, there's <laughs> these two guys that go to oh, Brimscombe, no. and they're my new favourite people in local football. Honestly, we see a lot of people and we meet a lot of people. Is this like um, The Simpsons, um, Bart's people? Kind It's going to be Butler's people. But there's this, they're like, (laughs) like, I think they're from Yorkshire. Like, they've got an accent and every time we watch Brimscombe and Frapp, they just have me and Kelsey absolutely howling because (laughs) they're just shouting at the players to just, I'll move the mic away from my face so I can shout it a bit louder. Come on, Brimscombe! <laughs> and uh, against Long Levens in particular, and, well, against Redden as well, both happened. The game, obviously, due to heavy pitches, was just very narrow. And all you hear is just this gentleman behind us going, Brimscombe, use the wings! Get a bit of width, Brimscombe! And he just kept, <laughs> for two games, <laughs> kept asking 180 minutes to of use that. the oh word, he, to, he keeps using the word width. I was turned to Kelsey long and went, I'm pretty sure I've never used that word any t- like any time in years. <laughs> I've never said the word with. I'm sure of it. And this guy must have said it about 50 times in two games. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mad. <laughs> and, it, and it was even better at, at Long Levens on... Uh, on Wednesday night, when um, <laughs> when Ash Gale, the Brimscombe keeper, would uh, just come and trot up, we'll reenact it. We'll reenact the... it. So Brimscombe got a corner, right? Um, I don't know who's taking it. Whatever. Uh, all the Brimscombe players, aside from Ash Gale, and two centre halves, well, yeah, two and defenders, two centre halves, they're obviously all, all pushed up. The two centre halves just chilling. And, well, we had two, two full backs. The centre halves go forward. We and uh, Ash Gale just comes out with his goal just to have a you know. The mosey around. Bear in mind, the ball is probably what seventy yards. The ball's away. not even in play, right? They yeah. haven't even taken the corner at this point. <laughs> ball's, ball's not in play at all. Ashgale's just stood there. And these chaps sort of run out to it. It's like, get in the goal, Ashley. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally Fred Elliott from Coronation Street. <laughs> and on Wednesday night, bear in mind we've heard this time and time again. Every time we've been to Brimscombe this year, and um, <laughs> it's corners to Brimscombe, away to our left. Ashgate was out in the centre circle as he always is, and all you hear is this bloke just stand up. Ashley, get in the goal! <laughs> and Ashgate turns around, looks at us, and goes, "Go away!" <laughs> <laughs> absolutely crying, I'm absolutely crying. And uh, and then, as you can probably tell, uh, 
Long Levin's cleared it and scored from 80 yards. So, so that's all Ash Gale's fault. Not, not well, being I mean, it's 0 0 when it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a damp squib in the end, but that made it. Yeah, it's it funny. Yeah, love, love, funny, and we love people. People mm. make us laugh. Made it made a somewhat you know drab game a little bit more interesting. And they also um, call for like fouls all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, you Pushing the in the back ref, hands in the back ref. You've missed that one, despite the fact that Jake Parrott clearly just pushed Ollie Long in the back. But it's like he's trying to get the way around. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny. It's, they care. They care about the club. And they care about the team, and obviously they go. At least it does show that, they, they're, that they're, they like, you know, they're, they're yeah. passionate about the team. You get them at every every I'll be team. Honest, I'll, I'll be honest. Credit to him, you know. James Campbell went off. He's playing right wing. He went off, and he's replaced by David Woodfield at um, uh, uh, Long Levens. He played on the wing. He played <laughs> right on the wing, and he, he used, used the whip. whip. <laughs> and to be honest, it was the da- most dangerous Brimscombe looks. <laughs> it, yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and he was he turned around to his mate and went. Oh, it's that simple, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's like the biggest, yeah. Told you so. It's like I was in the film Kez, mate. <laughs> up in Barnsley. <laughs> and if oh. you're heading to Brimscombe today, do keep an eye out for... Uh, <laughs> go over to him. Legend. Tell him he's a celebrity. I'd love to know their names. I'd love to have the, the sheer balls to go and introduce myself. But <laughs> it, uh, tell me to get back in the goal, I reckon. <laughs> they obviously don't listen because otherwise they'd be uh, sat in the stand like shouting at your commentary or well, something. Well, they do sometimes. They are, no microphones today. Uh, not today. Then he's mm. just start shouting at you. <laughs> well, we haven't done a commentary at Brimscombe for a while, so no, uh, we haven't since probably the Fairfood or Bishop's like, yeah, probably, it's probably the long, uh, long Levens maybe might be the last one. Didn't commentate it was a midweek. Oh, okay, All right. fair enough. Part Fact time. for you, it was commentary. It wasn't the commentary. It was midweek. I went straight from work. Well, there you go. There's all the fun facts here on Sound Sport Game Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Butler remembers his life, and if you care about that, then uh, <laughs> you do. Well, like, then you are weird. You have got a real good memory of like what games you've been to. Like this you could say your, a date. But where, where is your you life? Say that, but I can't remember what game we went to on Saturday. Honestly, <laughs> this is your life, hosted by Ryan Butler, and it's about Ryan Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a date. I'll tell you the game. What you want me to actually do? Yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> uh, October the twenty seventh, twenty seventeen. That's 2017. <laughs> Last year. Last season. Yeah, it gets around 27th of October. October. You <laughs> can say anything because we don't yeah, actually Yeah, that is literally it. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. I do remember a run that I had where I saw four, five games in a row in the start of November 2016. It's not in October, though, is it? It's not what we're talking about. I'm just throwing out there. I've seen a lot of games, mate. Second time daggers have been thrown across. <laughs> <the studio. laughs> Game 77 this afternoon for me. It's a lot of football. Yeah, mm. a lot of football. You've seen more football than Wolves have played this season already, and that's I mean, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. That's a lot, a lot of football. Um, right, talking of a lot of football, you could go and see um, a game this afternoon. There's lots of local football in the Hellenic League. Every single local team is at home. Um, so if you're in the Cheltenham area, Bishop's Cleave versus Reading City. Um, did you want to do a little mention on each game, or are you happy for me to just go I'm for I'm happy to roll for it, mate. Um, went a bit Northern Irish for that one <laughs> yeah but leave it run straight for him Matthew if you're over in Stroud Brunscombe Athletic versus Royal Wood and Bassett Town um, if you're over towards Wiltshire Fairford Wiltshire. <laughs> yeah Wiltshire <laughs> Fairford versus Flackwell Heath if you're in the Forest Ludney Town versus Ardley United and if you're in Gloucester Tuffley Rovers versus Eastington Sports Easington Sports I should say they always do that there you go so that's Hellenic Premier League this afternoon there are also a couple of games in um Div 1 that I've highlighted. Um, you know, I like to pick out decent games that, that should be good ones. Uh, Malmesbury Victoria versus Sham Saracens. 
top of the table clash, Malmesbury Victoria were top a few weeks ago. I think they're about fifth or sixth now. Chatham Saracens are still third, so a good chance for Saracens to, to you know, get get back on the winning trail and, and obviously keep their momentum up. And also looked at Shortwood United versus Wellington. That'll be a very difficult game for Shortwood, but we've seen it this season that Shortwood, when they probably aren't fancied, tend to do better. So yeah, expect a decent showing from Shortwood today. Mm. Uh, if you're heading over to Lydney Town this afternoon, anyway, they have got a few new faces uh, mm. in this week, boys. Yeah, they've signed Aaron Gorty, who uh, used to be on the books of Plymouth Argyle up front. Um, it was confirmed that Ross Gabriel has gone to Sirencester Town, um, so lacking up front, really. Um, and they have signed Tristan Murphy, who's a left-back from Kidderminster Harriers, under 23s. I believe both deals, uh, no, in fact, the Gorty deal, I believe, is permanent whilst the Tristan Murphy deal is a loan from Kidderminster. But both have been revealed on Twitter on Friday night by Nidney, are in the squad for today's game. Lovely stuff. Right, so that's your Hellenic League. Uh, if you do want to see any of these fixtures, um, go to sevensport.co.uk and look at fixtures for Saturday the 25th of January. They are all listed there right down. I think you boys go right down to like Gloucester Northern Senior Northern two. Senior Div 1 and 2 with yeah. people on there as well. Um, so there's always something local that you could pick up um, and go and watch this afternoon. Um, right, so a theme that we've had on the show from show one has been the County Cup. And uh, the first week we said about they didn't play the final. And Butler went on a bit of a rant. Second week, um, we talked about Long Levens pulling out of it. And then Butler went on a bit of a rant. <laughs> and who's pulled out of it this week on County Cut Watch? I'm glad you're throwing to me, Matthew. I really am. <laughs> because this is an issue that will lead me to getting the County Cup annulled. But uh, if you're <laughs> from the North, well, from, if you're from the, the Hellenic League upwards. Um, basically, Chatham Saracen's pulled out. Um... And, you know, a lot of stick went towards Saracens for it, Matthew. If you put your phone down and listen to me, please. <laughs> <coughs> so I'm producing the show. What happened, Matthew, is that Hallen, who got through the round with Long Levens for Long Levens pulling out, the GFA gave them six days, both sides, to say, oh, you're going to play next Wednesday. Now, Chelsea Saracens, they struggle with availability on midweek anyway. You know, they're in a league where they don't have to worry too much about playing midweek games. Realistically, they play the couple due to rearrangements. But apart from that, they, it tends to be Saturdays mainly. <clears throat> and, you know, they did try. You obviously have to try and get a team together for as much as possible. So they did as much as they could. But on the day, it was on the morning, you know, they realised they weren't going to have the players to raise a side, inform the county league that they're going to have... Well, the county, sorry, that you know, they're going to have to withdraw from the cup and Hallen are going to advance through. And if you were have a look on Twitter, uh, Hallen's Twitter account, where they announced it, um, there's a couple of people on there who seem to take exception to that, um, calling out Saracens and, and Long Levens, saying they just don't fancy it, or coming to Bristol, they don't want to do it, and things like that. And it's still a bit nasty, really, because you know, Ryan Betts just points out that you know two of the players that would have played in the Saracen side were actually chosen to play in the Armed Forces representative game. So... You know, you're representing your country and your armed forces. If you've got a military background, you know you're going to play in that game over, <laughs> well, a nice war, terrible county cup game, um, in Bristol that you probably don't really want to play in. So, I did some digging, as I always do, uh, investigative investigative journalism in its finest. I spoke to a couple of managers, um, Craig Martin and Sam Pryor, on Wednesday night ahead of the game at Long Levens, and you know. I can understand after hearing sort of what happens with the County Cup and how 
teams are made to be felt when they go to the county cup games and in particular the final at um gf G, gfa headquarters um prior was was telling me that you know brimscombe won it a couple of years ago got to the final against bitten um you know you see it on twitter as well that they don't lay out food for anybody they don't lay out squash for the players you have to provide it all yourself um prior even said to me that you know they got there the game kicks off at half seven they had, didn't have access to the pitch till seven o'clock just after seven o'clock because they had um, a kids team just training for no reason they weren't playing a game or anything like that, just training <laughs> on that pitch um which you know it, it stinks of amateur really doesn't it yeah well it goes mm. back to the, the first week when you were saying about why they don't really care, care. They, they don't care about it so Sam Pryor also went it? to tell me that me and uh, Craig Martin that you know after they won and you know held the cup up aloft and did their bit of celebrations within five minutes lights got turned off yeah and pretty much you know there's no food to get ready for or anything like that like after the players were showered so you literally celebrated lights off oh we better go then yeah and he he turned around and said you know what before we actually got to the final I wanted always to get to the county cup final and actually you know give it a go but he said now I just don't see it as a priority and he admitted that to us that you know he took a lot of youngsters and left a lot of first teamers out when he went to Bristol Telephones a couple of weeks ago got beat 8-1 and it's just a throwaway game now. And he even said the quote, I mean, he probably won't like me saying it, but he said the quote to, to, to Craig Martin, we should have taken a leaf out of your book because it's not needed. Mm. And I said to him, obviously, I've said on this show to yourselves, from a Hellenic League perspective, how I see it, you prioritise League, FA Cup, FA Vars, a Hellenic Cup, then the trophy, and you're in two Hellenic Cups, potentially three. And they both looked at me and said, yeah, pretty much. Like, spot on. That's how we look at it. And, you know, not every manager prioritises the County Cup. And, you know, it's just, just screams to me that, you know, it isn't a priority. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there is no real benefit for, for doing it at the minute. And, you know, it's a County Cup game today, Wick versus Newen. It was called off last week. It'd be a big result for Newen if they get something. But equally, you know, Wick are second in the, the County League and probably will beat them today. Yeah, it's, it sounds like nobody really... That's time for it. Like if, well, if I know Stephen Cleave. Stephen like... at Bishop Cleave loves the County Cup. Yeah. Hence why Bishop Cleave did so well in it last year. They're now competing in the higher cup as well, like the next level up in the Senior Amateur Cup, and we're in that at the start of the season. So, you know, he does like giving the all cups a run, no matter what they are. So, it's all about mentality. But you know, Jody Bevan said to us he didn't really see it as a priority. Neither is uh, Pritch Tuffley. You know, they just want to win a cup. But you speak to the players. You speak to Macaulay Herbert. We spoke to a couple of times, and he said. FA Cup and Vars are the ones we want. If not, we want a Hellenic Cup because Gloucestershire sides, you know, they don't win those Hellenic Cups too often. Lidley won one a couple of years ago. But, you know, apart from that, it tends to be our friends in the East that win it. So, you know, that's the ones they want to win. They don't mm. want to win the County Cup. They don't want to have to 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 do, to do go through the motions of it. And, yeah, it's uh, it seems to be something that I flagged on week one and it just seems every week keeps propping up to to still be relevant, which... Shows how tuned in I am. <laughs> and you can be tuned in to Seven Sport later on when we're commentating Gloss City versus Southport. <laughs> nice. Um, so, like you said, like the Hellenic teams, you know, they prioritise different things, but they're almost playing a county cup as it is with the amount of like Gloucestershire society in yeah. the Hellenic League anyway. So. Well, you look at the Hellenic League Cups, how many derby games there have been in those and how mm. many derby games are to come. You know, there are still a couple. I think Tuffley's play Bishop's Cleave in the Challenge Cup or the Flooded Cup. 
in in a couple of weeks' time. So you know, there are some uh, local fixtures. I think Short would have played Cleve in about three of the different cups this season, which is mad. But that's still a bit of fun, and we love a derby game here. Uh, right, let's uh, talking of fun. Let's do the halftime bovril. I swear to God, I better come out today. <laughs> um, so this is the part of the show where we each pick a track that we'd like to hear at halftime at a sporting event, football match, whatever. Um, and uh, we do the mystical halftime bovril spinner, and whoever gets picked is uh, their track gets chosen, and then we do a spin after the track's been played um, for the person to choose the theme for this week. I think you picked the theme again, didn't you? Picked the theme twice in a row. Yeah, <laughs> you've had was... the song twice. He's had the theme twice. Mm. Ryan's just kind of left out in the corner like the little kid that nobody yeah. wants to be friends with you know like uh, imagine he's probably used to that but anyway theme for this week is uh, songs with days of the week in the title yes and they have to be days of the week you stipulated you couldn't stipulated. have, couldn't have anything like days. seven days or any or anything that just said like the word day or like the word week or something should like that should have asked last week had, we could have had the Saturdays had to, had to be you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Saturday, mm. Sunday those are the days of the week live on 7 Sport that's education for you. Could we have had, could we have had the Saturdays? N- n- no, because it's a it's a band, isn't it? It's mm. not a bit of change. Not, I mean, not they don't play instruments, mate. Are they a band or a group? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. we're taking mm. deep waters here today. Popular, yeah, we are asking the right questions. Music anyway, group. moving on. Yeah, sorry. Just, to, the, uh, to the song choices. Uh, yeah, just thinking of the Saturdays then. Um, so, Butler, what was your track? You're please? a married man. Uh, um, the Cure. <laughs> no, I was just thinking if they were a band or a yeah, group. It doesn't matter. I went, I went the Cure Friday. I'm in love. Classic. I went for New Order Blue Monday. Classic. I nearly went for both of those, but I went for Sam Fender Friday Fighting. Never heard of it. It's new. It's newer. I well, never heard of it. If you've heard, if you hear it, you, it would. You never heard good. of Sam Fender? Uh, no. You never heard of Sam Fender? Well, I get out. No. Off you go. Jeez. I don't really listen to anything. No, that's true. Ryan doesn't listen to any music. He listens to Mariah Carey, and and that's it. Well, it's a good track. When you left, I lost the part of me. It would be good, would be good as a halftime song, anyway. Um, let's spin the wheel, see who's going to be coming out this week. I mean, I want the theme so I can pick Mariah Carey songs, please. <laughs> oh. oh, hey, it's Butler. It's Friday. I'm in love. Yes, it's yes. secure. Friday, I'm in love. Coming up after the news here on D Radio. Have to say, it's the best of the three songs, really. Uh, also coming up after the news, we're going to pick next week's theme. We're going to look at the County Cup, uh, Northern Senior, and we've got an interview with Tuffley Rovers development coach Michael Palmer. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Pure Friday, I'm in love, kicking off the second half of today's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. I've, I've just realised, have I been saying this evening on the other parts of the show? I might have I'm not too sure. I'm new to Saturday mornings, guys. I was on the evening. Um, that was the Halftime Bovril track for this week. Ryan Butler's choice, the Cure Friday, I'm in love. We were going for tracks that featured the day of the uh, days of the week in the title. Um, now we go back to the Halftime Bovril spinner for who picks the theme for next week. So here we go. It's me again, mate. I'm running out. <laughs> Butler hasn't been picked at all. <gasps> Oh, it's so close, but it's Kelsey. No! Again, again three weeks again. in a row, he's picked again. a theme. He's dead theme. Mm. What's it going to be this week, then? Maybe he hasn't he, even got one. Maybe something in honour in honour of Ryan. To, you he's know, done months, fact. he's done days of the week. I might, might switch it up now. Or in honour of our new friends at uh, Brimscombe, he's just the, the band Wings. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to use the wings. I mean, I mean, 
You'll know this. How many bands are there from the, like the Reading area or Berkshire? Uh, Mm, so I was thinking of doing like a little you have tribute Chemical to Brothers, you. Who's Yes, The Enemy, are they from? No, they're from Coventry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do a tri- I, think, I think this week, in, in tribute to Ryan, the fact he's not picked a theme like, for the whole three weeks we've been broadcasting. Songs by, by artists slash bands slash groups or whatever. Who have links to Reading. Who have links to Reading or the Berkshire area. One of the Saturdays has got to be from Reading. I don't know. I don't know about Saturdays, mate. They're going to get on. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm already torn between two. I want to uh, give you a bit of preview. I love Premier League gear, so I'm thinking of Chemical Brothers. Out of control. Out of control. Or Galvanise. What's you guys? Yeah, that's true. Love my old, old school dance. Bit simple, isn't it? Either that or Who's Years. They're the two that stand out for me. I'm trying yeah, to think of Who's Years. Well, tune in next week to find out what... You boys might have to do a bit of research, I think. No. no, easy. Or it's just going to be everyone picking the Hoosiers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good Chemical with that, Brothers. mate. I'm good with Play that. that. same song. One of the Chemical Brothers went to school in Reading. That's all you need to know. Cool. Well, there you go. Excellent. Find out next week what our Halftime Bubble tracks are and who gets picked with the magical Halftime Bubble I mean, spinner. I better start thinking of a theme for next week now. Right? Yeah, I'm going to write mine down because <laughs> I want to reuse my mate. theme. That's what it is. <laughs> I have a theme that's been ready to go since week one. <laughs> and it hasn't changed since... <laughs> I can have a, like, a go with that spinner later just to see if it's like fixed to the same thing every week. Although, well, well, but it's like, every second spins, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. what it is. let's get back to the show and let's move on to the County League. Go. <laughs> yeah, the big story in the County League last week. Um, obviously, we'll talk about it more in Kelsey versus Matt because it did affect scores. Um, going into injury time, it was Rockleys 2, Frampton 1. Uh, full time, it was Rockleys two, Frampton three. What a boys! Um, Frampton. Up the Frampton. We spoke to Josh Leverage, who, yeah, he took to Twitter and said that he needed to lie down after, and I think he, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just about right with that. You know, that's a exciting, exciting into a contest there, and you know, Frampton are top, and with Wick now in um, County League action again for the second week in a row, it's another chance for Frampton to pile on the the runs, as it were, and go even further ahead in the, the County League race, but. Um, Looking at games, obviously, as I always do, I just grab my notebook. Uh, big games in the in the week. Um, one of the games to stand out for me is AK Bocco versus Sharp Ness. It's like two of the better teams from the chasing pack going against each other, and I fancy Sharp Ness in that one. I think um, to to go away with an away win there. Lovely stuff. Um, and then uh, let's move down to the Northern Senior League. Um, what's your pick of the games this week for that one? Well, I want to f- before before I pick my games from for this week, I'd like to throw out that you know I pride myself on having a bit of knowledge and being able to pick a game. I picked uh, Upton St Leonard's versus Harrow Hill, and also Winchcombe versus Abbey Mead, four three to Harrow Hill. You know, goals all over the place, and four four Winchcombe Abbey Mead last week. Nice. Again, that affects things in Kelsey versus Matt, so we'll cover those later on in the show. Um, games I've got here: Harrow Hill again. They are a side in form at the moment. They host uh, Cheltenham Civil Service, who are right up there in the Division 1 table. And with Chalford not playing, um, it's a chance for them to close the gap at the top. Um, and I've also got uh, Cam versus English Bickner. English Bickner, I believe, have, made, have, have just notched up 14 games unbeaten, um, spanning over the end of last season and, and obviously the start of this. Um, Division 2, Abbey Mead versus Falcons. Abbey Mead on a bit of a roll. They started to get a bit of momentum together. Falcons are a side who probably are there to, to be challenged. Uh, Smith's Barometrics versus Winchcombe. Um, Smith's Athletic, before they merged with Barometrics last year, 
one of the sides who were battling with Winchcombe to, to avoid finishing bottom. And also I like the look of King Stanley versus Lydney Town Reserves. Lydney Town Reserves, pretty um, hit and miss um, this season, but one of the better sides in the division. And King Stanley, who got promoted, um, yeah, another decent outfit, so expect a couple of good games there. Lovely. Uh, as I said before, all of those fixtures from all of the local games today are on sevensport.co.uk, and that takes us nicely into our um, second guest on tonight's show, doesn't it? Well, thanks for throwing over to me, Matt. Delighted to say that we're joined by Michael Palmer of Tuffley Rovers Development Management Team. Um, Mike, how are you this evening? You're right. Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, yourselves? Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, now, I wanted to get you on um, because. This weekend is um, a calling card, really, of the the reserves and development side. Um, sort of what your season's been like. You haven't got a game this weekend. Must be frustrating. No, yeah, yeah, terribly because you know the lads just want to play. Uh, and when we have played, we've thoroughly enjoyed it. You know the season. Uh, you know it's going really well. So unfortunately, it's just when the things with the weather. Uh, but hopefully, we can uh, you know get some more games on the coming soon. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the the table of the Northern Senior League Division One. Um, you've only played ten times. If you win, you know, a couple of sides above you have sort of three games more more than you. So, you know, if you win those three games in hand, you move up from from eleventh to seventh. But then the sides towards the top have played the fifteen and, and plus games. If you were to win the five games, it actually puts you third. So, does that show sort of? You know, you're on the right track, despite the fact you haven't played as many games as anybody else. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm new to the league. You know, it's a new team. We just take game by game. It's all about, you know, I want to enjoy it. You know, develop. Uh, and like I said, it's a good goal to have. Um, like I said, we're on a great run. Uh, we've only lost two games all season. Um, you know, and we want to continue that run and hopefully go as far as we can. And not just that. Obviously, in the the county cup recently. You know, you were knocked out on, on penalties, which obviously is yeah. the luck of the draw. Everyone knows it's a, a lottery, really. Um, so, you know, you've given a good account of yourself in cup competitions as well. Yeah, like if we won that one, uh, we would have been in two semi-finals. would have been a brilliant achievement. We're already, you know, in one, which we're really looking forward to. Um, the game itself, it was just one of them games uh, where we've been very successful, where our reserves, of, you know, development squad have gone up to the first team. Uh, and we, a lot of our strikers were cut tight, but we still did the right things. It gave other players an opportunity, and on the day, it just wasn't meant to be. You mentioned there, obviously, you've had uh, players that have, have gone up into the first team. Um, what sort of noticed with, with myself and Kelsey when we've been out watching the games is, you know, they don't look out of place. They don't look like, you know, they're just making up the numbers or, or just filling in. They look like they're established first team players. And, and when you see it like that, now, how does that make you feel, particularly it's in your first season that toughly? Oh, extremely proud because when Ken, uh, you know, approached me to come to Tuffley, um, that was the goal with to bring the best, you know, young talent through as possible. Uh, and we're always looking to improve, and I'm very proud of the young lads, um, to be fair. And they are ready, they're very hungry, they want to improve. Uh, they're not just great footballers, they're great individuals and people, um, and that's, you know, credit to them. So, um, I believe it'll continue to go on and get more appearances. Now, obviously, you 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 look after sort of the the reserve side and and the under eighteen side as well with with Jamie. Um, is it a different mentality almost to try and uh, get the players to to buy in, or are they that hungry to play football? They just automatically buy into what you want to do. Yeah, I think it's just 
Well, it, it's a different uh, mentality to begin the season because obviously, you know, like I said, with Ken, you know, bringing the you know new coaching staff in, myself, uh, you know, Jamie's stayed at the club and Craig. Uh, you know, I had to change the philosophy at the club, and and we wanted to have throughout. You know, at 16, 17, they know they're a pro club. They'd have to play against men. Um, we're trying to give them, you know, the life skills to, you know, take knocks and appreciate when they get older. It's not just about, you know, you, you know, seeing people six, seven nails, but actually playing the real game and learning the, uh, the right things. And does it make you... Well, no, I think the question I'm trying to uh, sort of get out here is, you know, is there any difference to how, say, for example, you would approach uh, an under-18s game? than there is to the way you approach a Saturday game as a development side or as a reserves, obviously given the opposition you're going to be playing? No, no, not at all. We, we, uh, I said I don't believe in working around other teams. Just You've got to look after yourself. My, the mentality I want to have is we play the same way throughout the club. You know, we want the 16s playing the same as the 18s. We want the 18s playing the same development. And development, you know, to be the same as the first team. Um, and we need to have that throughout the club. And that's what we want to create. What, what have you made of sort of the reaction of you know the established players at, at Tuffley to to the way that the clubs are developing? Obviously, Macaulay Herbert, he's now captain of the first team. He's been through the system, as it were, at Tuffley. You know, he's a good sort of example to look at for the youngsters now. But sort of how the the he Pritch and, and the first team has almost react to, to what you're doing. To be to be honest with you, they've been. They've been great people towards me. They've been so welcoming, you know, Maka, you know, Pritch. I speak to Pritch in daily, you know, about, you know, working with him. How can we get the youngsters, you know, to come through? Uh, and not just them too, to be fair. You know, the, all the first team have been so welcoming uh, with the development squad lads. And we train together quite often now, uh, which the younger lads enjoy. Uh, but mostly, I think the first team, they enjoy it a lot as well, you know, having the young lads who want to push them. Yeah, I, I suppose, think about it, obviously, what you say there, you know, they're seeing these younger players who, who are competitive. They are going to be you know, fighting for the spots. But at the same time, they're just going to be enjoying playing football. And I guess that rubs off on even the older players. Yeah, of course. And don't forget, you know, we all want to win things. But also, you want to enjoy it. And I think you know, when they're all together, they are enjoying it. And then the, the football's even better again. So sometimes as a coach, you can take a step back and just you know, watch it and let them enjoy it. And how have you made the, the transition into the, the Tuffley club life, obviously. They're an active bunch at Tuffley. We know that um, through, through Seven Sport. You know, it's, it's a together club. Yeah, to be fair, I, I think I needed it as a coach. Um, obviously, with my background, I worked at Gloucester with Kenny. Um, obviously, I went to Cheltenham Town last year with the academy. And, for, you know, for football reasons, sometimes things just don't work out. Uh, and I needed to find somewhere where I needed to find... Uh, my motivation again, and we're you know, to enjoy it. And you know, toughly, you know, Neil, the whole, you know, Sonia, everyone at the club has been so welcoming. And you know, the first team, and I really enjoyed the experience. Now, obviously, as we said, you've got a lot of games to catch up on um, as a development in in the Northern Senior League, but also as the under eighteens. Is it going to be difficult to to manage that workload and prioritise, or is there no real priority at this stage? In is it a case of you know, seeing what happens between now and the end of the season at both both levels? Um, no, for me now, at the end of the season, it's just giving as many young uh, young players an opportunity to play. Uh, mm. As many games as possible. We've had so many, um, like I said, cancelled for some reason or another, the weather, which is out of our control. But no, we, we really want to, the attitude is now, just attack every game. 
Uh, let's make the most of it. Let's play the way we want to play. And also, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's, you know, show people what we're made of. And, you know, even though we're young, we're ready to compete. We want to, you know, we want to show people how we play. Just leaving that answer there, you've given a bit of an insight into really your philosophy and your mentality towards football. But for those who, who are listening, who don't really know too much about you or, or what your sides are about, how would you describe um, the way you like your players to play football? Well, to be honest with you, I don't really want to tell them because I don't want everyone to know how we play. <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, no, we want, we want to play. We want to keep the ball on the floor. Um, you know, physically, we're, we're a young side and we still want to do the right things, you know, play out uh, and keep the ball. You know, mm. you enjoy it more when you have it. We don't want to be, you know, running after everyone, you know, going long ball. We want to play. We want to enjoy it as much as possible. Okay, and, and what are your plans, really, as, you know, a coach who your side's not going to be playing today on a Saturday when, you know, some of the players may be involved with the first team? Or what have you, you know, you're going to get a training session in, are you going to go watch Tuffley first? What, what's your plan today? Uh, today I'm going to go and show my support to the first team. Um, I, I think it's important that when we don't play, that we go and give the first as much support as possible. Uh, we want to be as one. Um, like I said, I want the first team to be with the development, development with the 18s. And I want that to, you know, to go throughout the club. And I think it's so important, like you said, you know, Tuffley's a club, you know, it's a family club, everybody's together and we've got to really push that. Well, you say that as well, and obviously I've seen you on pictures of, of games as well. You know, you've been a very sort of avid supporter of the, the new women's team at Tuffley as well. Um, that's added a new dynamic to the, to the club as well. You know, as overseeing the whole development, yourself, Ken Blackburn, you know, how proud are you now that, you know, Tuffley have that link between their teams and now have the women's uh, team as well? And, you know, the whole club has, has got a bit of a lift this season. Yeah, we're extremely proud. Like I said, it's my first season here. You know, Kenny has given me so so much support. Um, and we just want to be proactive as, as much as possible. And it's so nice to see the women, you know, doing what they're doing. They're achieving so much uh, their first year as well. Uh, and, you know, it's great to see them having smiles on their face and getting results, you, you know, and I think it's fantastic. Beautiful. Well, Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, we'll be down at uh, Tuffley to see the development side once they get the games and also the, the semi-final of the Cup will be there to, to see that as well. So thanks very much for joining us on the show this morning. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me and thank you for all the support. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Welcome back then to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Um, before the uh, brilliant track there from Fleetwood Mac, we had the interview uh, with Michael Palmer. Go on the Mac. Do you want to say anything about the interview? No, <laughs> I was great say, go on the Mac. No, it was great interview. Um, I want to speak to Michael Palmer on this week of, of all weeks, as I said in the interview there, that you know, Tuffley Rovers reserves have been stagnant in their season. They've not played every week, and you know, it's been pretty stop start and. Yeah, they've only played 10 games so far this season, only lost two of them. So, I mean, even as I pointed out to Mike there, that, you know, if they win their five games in hand over, you know, first and second, it actually takes them to third. So, you know, that sort of shows that where their level is. So they got to win their games in hand, of course, to, to, to climb up that table. But they've given themselves a good platform, the youngsters. 
Uh, right, it's the time. It's that time of the show again. It's Kelsey versus Mats. I've actually got a theme tune ready this week. I as wanted well. the cricket one, but I'm glad we got a good one. Well, you got last week's request. I told you to put it in the suggestions yeah. box, which was snooker, and I went one better and went big break. Yeah. Start singing. Man. I do want to bring that back. That's that my dream. Game, if this doesn't work, just put me on BBC primetime Saturday instead of Michael McIntyre. Just me and Steve Davis. And we'll just do Big Break. Big Break what, again. Steve Davis from Bishop's Cleave? Or, uh... <laughs> that would be really <laughs> odd. Oh, Steve Davis uh, on the committee at Long Levens. Uh, just anyone called Steve Davis. Next Gloss City striker, Steve Davis. I'm sure he's got a trick on him. Yeah. Anyway. It's the blue ball. You're with Sean Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Over to the host. It. He'd be up for it. What's going on? So, Kelsey versus Matt. We left it after week one. Matt leading by three goals to one. Three games to one. Three yeah. predictions to one. You know, we've got double points. You know, introducing factors to, you know, make sure that both of you have a chance. We even allowed you to nominate a backup double points game because we were worried about the weather. Please to tell you the double points game survives, so it does affect proceedings. Ooh. And we'll start with the double game where it finished Chalford 1, Brockworth, Albion 1 in Northern Senior Div 1. Matt, you didn't go for a draw. Kelsey, you did. So you collected two big ones. Yes. And tied it up immediately, meaning that the rest of the week had all to play for. We had Virginia Water versus Fairford Town, a game that I famously said on the show last week is likely to go ahead. Postponed. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Geisley versus Gloucester City. Geisley won two goals to one, as we mentioned earlier. Kelsey went with Gloucester City. Matt yes. went with Geisley. Of course he did. Therefore, Matt retakes the lead. You both went Frampton in week one. You both went Frampton again against Rock Lees and on, were delighted to see the late comeback because you both had a point, meaning that uh, from the, the week you were 3-2 going into the final game. Um, Winchcombe versus Abbey Mead. And I'm pleased to say Kelsey actually um, predicted the draw. So we won the week 4-2. Yes. He won the week 4-2 and it now means going into week three, we are already at 5-5. Five, five. Oh, love that. So Kelsey is already... Got rid of the uh, the deficit and we move forward. Happy days. I said to you off air before we started um, that you know I've picked five tough games this week. I wouldn't want to be picking the wins in this game. So we start in the Southern League, Slimbridge versus Barnstable. Who's going first? <laughs> we'll go with Kelsey because he won the week last week. Okay. Um, hmm. Hmm. Kelsey's mm. just, what Kelsey's going to do at this point is he's going to take about a minute to go, mm. Mm, mm, let's go, Slimbridge. Mm. <laughs> and he could have said it about a minute before. Mm. When Myron turns in a goal scoring form, mate, mm. Slimbridge are going to win this. Slimbridge. <laughs> <laughs> you say this is a double points game? No. No, I yeah. haven't revealed the double points game. I'll do that so at the end. Okay, yeah, all right. So it's still new. I'm going to go Slimbridge as well. Colin will be absolutely delighted. Up the swans, up the swans. Next, we go back to the Hellenic League. Tuffley Rovers versus Easington Sports. Matt, we come with you. Draw. Mm. Kelsey. Yeah, see, I'm going to go draw as well. No, mate. You're just gonna Don't worry, I'm not going to pick the same ones every time. Come on. FA, oh, no, FA. GFA Trophy. Wick versus Newent. Up the Wick. Uh, yeah, up, up the Wick, mate. Go on the Wick. Uh, you can go with... Feeling upset. Go on, Newent. 
Go on the new end. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the shake of the head. One of my games of the day in the county league: A E K Boko versus Sharpness. Great, Matthew. Um, it's a big game near the top. <laughs> That's not the prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that literally tells me nothing. Um, A K. Mark's going with a homer. Can I just predict that both teams will have a good game? Both have, teams have, a good, have a good time. No. Oh. Well, it's not how the game works. Uh, Football's well, the winner. <laughs> Football's the winner. Might well be the case, but in this case, neither side will be the winner. It's a draw. Oh. Do you know what? I did think the Cavs would go draw in that game. And we also then dropped down one further to Northern Senior Division 1. Whitecroft versus Long Levens Reserves. Friend of the show, friend of Seven Sport, Luke Kavanagh. Oh, mate. Are you going to upset him, Kelsey? I mean, to be honest, mate... We I, saw him on Wednesday night. I mean, look, to be honest, I, I don't really care for that many people's opinions, to be honest with you, but in order to not upset him, I will go for Long Levens Reserves. Matthew? I'm going to go for a draw in that one. To keep everybody happy. And I can now reveal that the double points game is going to be... Tuffley Rovers versus Easington Sports, and you've both got a draw on that one. So it's a game where all the eggs are in one basket, really, for us. And just to prove I haven't just made that up, the Times 2 was next to Tuffley. Cool. Well, I mean, that, that. Because if you have a look, I put the Times next to the Wick Newman game and thought, actually, I don't care for the County Cup. So I went for Tuffley instead. <laughs> Join us next week to see who's taken the lead or if they're you know, both still drawing. I don't really care. You know, whoever wins doesn't know as much as me so let's see what happens <laughs> I don't really care so the host of the game doesn't really care there we go I don't care who wins as such I care who loses because they got to do a forfeit but you know excellent you, you, you shoot for the king you better not miss <laughs> there you go um, and that brings Jesus. our local side of today's show to a close uh, we're going to go into the any other business now which is where we talk about the biggest uh, sporting stories from the last week um, you wanted to talk about late postponements yes please Matthew because it's been bad weather well there's been a, a spat of frost everywhere um, and the frost is usually the more difficult game to get postponed really other than waterlogs waterlogs tend to be pretty clear cut um, what's caught my eye is something that Colin, the club secretary of uh, Slimbridge, tweeted, um, you know, calling for the FA and you know leagues to to really stamp down on on late postponements. We had a couple of incidents in the week. Uh, Sirencester Town went away to Froome in the League Cup on Tuesday, got to just outside Froome, and the game was called off. Um, you know, we also had um, the famous one really that, that sort of did the rounds on Twitter was Farsley Celtic from West Yorkshire. Went all the way down to Barnet for an FA Trophy replay. Started the game, Matt. So they've come from Yorkshire to London on a midweek game. Started the game. The referee has called the game off after two minutes for icing the goal mouth. What? And bear in mind, at that level in particular, when the referees warm up, they do a lap of the pitch. Yeah. So that ice would have been there before kickoff. Or the frost would have been there before kickoff. That's yeah. a joke, isn't it? That is. That's, That's horrific. And... It's, it's caused a lot of debate, and I've seen a lot of arguments for and against, obviously, late postponements. Cause, you know, the, the flip side is, you know, if you do postponements as early as possible and, and do early postponements, then sides will just take the mick and just call the game off for the sake of it. Um, but there has to be a level of trust and a level of, you know, respect shown by both clubs to each other to not do that. And, you know, I think what, what Colin sort of, his point that, that I found interesting was that, 
you know, he's saying that away sides should have more of an input in regards to whether games should get postponed or not. Mm. And <clears throat> I was talking to Kelsey about this at um, Long Levens on Wednesday night because um, in November I went down to Falmouth in the FA Vars with Long Levens, um, covering the game for them. We stayed overnight and things like that. You know, it was there the World Cup final in the rugby. Woke up, bucketing down. Night before that, absolutely bucketing it down. Everywhere. I mean, I spoke to someone at um, work on the phone who just happened to work in Falmouth for a broker. They told me it hadn't stopped raining for about two weeks. So to to everyone, you know, that was going to be a soggy little trip down to Cornwall. We thought we were then going to get there and the game was going to get postponed straight away. You know, what what happened was they did their pitch inspection at 9 o'clock. The latest they were going to leave it before we had to leave. They did it, said, no, pitch is fine, a little bit heavy, but it'll be fine. Throughout the trip, Long Levens, um, through Craig Martin, the manager, was in constant communication with the referee, um, match referee, who was in constant communication with the other manager and also the local referee doing the inspections, getting pictures sent through. Obviously, the pitches always look better in pitches than they do up, up, in, up in person. But, mm-hmm. you know, by the time we were getting towards Falmouth, you know, Sp- um, Spider Craig Martin, he had images of what the pitch looked like and suddenly you know i mean we were getting followed by the rain all the way down you know we were getting to bristol this game's not gonna be on getting to western nah, this game's not on getting all the way across across the country all the way down there saying to each other this game is not going to be on and you know you have to have that trust you know we didn't really have that trust in Falmouth. we knew what the weather was going to be like down there you know all the weather websites saying it was raining there currently and stuff but you know, credit to, to them to get that game on. And, yeah, I use that as an example that, you know, if you have that communication and you trust the other team to make the correct call for everybody, you know, it can be done where you are risking it until you do get there. But, I mean, that was a, a crazy one for the referee to call off, really, at Barnet on Tuesday night. And, mm. you know, if you're a fan, you talk about, obviously, part-time players and, and you know, amateur players doing these sort of trips, but... For fans as well, you know, it's a lot of money to be spending on that because now we're going to have to play mm. again. It's probably going to be another Tuesday night. Well, yeah, that's another factor, isn't it? I was going to say, glad you brought it up. I mean, mm. with the fans, you know, you're you're driving, you know, from you gave the example of, uh, you know, Long Levens to to Falmouth. You think some of the Long Levens fans would have stayed overnight? Obviously, they would have booked hotels and things like that. You know, it's not too bad if you can make a weekend of it. You know, you're in Cornwall and, and whatever. You know, it's quite nice down there. You know, lots of touristy attractions and things like that. But you know, when you're going from Farsley to Barnet, and uh, and I mean the difference with the Long Levens trip is it's a Saturday. This mm. is a Tuesday. Yeah. You're probably yeah. leaving at what twelve, one o'clock, probably. Well, because you've got to factor in rush hour in and around London to get there. Probably looking at very latest you want to leave there is about two o'clock. Fast. Yeah. I mean that you're talking about a good sort of three and a half hour trip on a good day. You know, yeah, and as you said, you get hit the M25 and yeah, and you're in you're in traffic and and you've got to factor that in and to be. There, game, excited for the game, start the game, everyone's done their warm-ups, referee calls it off after two minutes, and you look at the pictures of the pitch, I mean, you look at that, it looks like it's, <laughs> you know, on a, on a summer evening, there's no frost in sight, but, yeah. you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, opinion online about it, and, you know, Colin rightly sort of getting the opinion of everybody else, engaging it, and everyone seems to be agreed that there has to be a way around it. There has to be a way. And you look at, for example, Gloucester played Gateshead recently. Yeah. They called the game off on the Friday night. Yeah. yeah. But you see, you talk about that there has to be a way around it, but we know how the FA works. We know how football governing bodies work in this country. And you, they're, they're just, there might be a way around it. Will they, will they actually work together to find that solution? Probably not. 
things will probably stay exactly the same as they are. Let's be real. It's just yeah, the way things are thing. in this we're country. In, we're in 2020 and all the technology and stuff we have now, but it's not really embraced by, yeah. you know, for simple things like that where you could video call a referee or something like that. I know you said it looks a bit different on pictures and stuff, but the referee would get a good... Well, obviously, at this, oh, obviously like. at this level, you just send a local referee who yeah. who makes that the initial decision. Um, and then ultimately, if they think that, you know, you just got to leave it and see what happens, then it's up to the match referee when he arrives and it's his responsibility that, to get that, to the game that, a little bit earlier. That's, that, that is another thing, isn't it? You know, you, why why get a local referee in and say, yeah, this pitch is fine, brilliant. And then you get the actual match referee who arrives three hours later. The, the away team have already set off. They're an hour Still away. Still charge their mileage as and, well uh, when yeah. they get there. And then they'll be like, oh, actually, no, nah, this game's not going ahead. So like, well, hang on, it's passed, it's passed yeah. on. Someone, and the weather's not changed. Three hours ago, you, this guy said it was all right. It's like, yeah, well, I don't think it's playable. Where, where do you go from there? Like, do you, do you, like you say, for me, it falls on the match referee and the match referee only to make the decision. So that's what... The FA, obviously, they need to look at it, and we know that they're sort of short on resources in terms of officials. I mean... You know, obviously, that, well, actually, we can't really. I can't really say what I was going to. Well, we can, say. we can. Yeah. It's, it's news that we we heard this week that um, hasn't really been brought to light yet too much. You know, we've got sources, we've got fingers and pies all over the place. <laughs> um, we've had breaking, well, not breaking news, but we've had secret news given to us that from next season, due to lack of officials and, and things of that nature, that um, referees from step well level four referees as it is, um, so that's county league. They'll all be some of them will be promoted up to Hellenic League and Western League and the surrounding leagues for that. And you're now actually gonna see the county league adopting club officials. Like so if you go to a Northern Senior game, you'll have a sub for each team running the line. Yeah, yeah. You're now gonna have that in the county league mm-hmm. from next yeah. season. So then that, that that like I said, you know, we know how stretched they are in terms of actual qualified officials yes. for these levels because let's face it, nobody nobody's really going into refereeing anymore. I mean Matt used Matt did a refereeing course. What and I mean, have you even considered like redoing your qualification for it? No, at all. No. So there you go. No, I did it years ago. Yeah, did a bit of kids football, but you don't. Exactly, <laughs> it's a yeah. thankless job, isn't it? That's yeah, exactly, the problem. Exactly. You've got to take time out of your day to do it, and then sometimes you just think it takes a very you know, strong-willed person to, mm. you know, Matt. You know, was started at what like kids level, and then he's getting abuse from, you know, 40, 48 year old Barry on the sideline, whose kid isn't good enough to to even tie his own shoelaces, let alone play under eight football. And yeah. he stood stood there shouting at the ref for not giving a foul on him for when he you know he's just sat there you know with his finger up his nose or something stupid like that. <laughs> and uh, were you there? <laughs> <laughs> sounds, and then, and then, this uh, sounds very vivid. Like uh, it's uh, actually and then happened. and then you wonder why why one the standard of the refereeing in this country is so poor, and two why there are so little referees coming through at this level in, and like county league, Atlantic league, and you know Northern senior and you know even every every level. You wonder why, and it's for reasons exactly like that. So, uh, right, we're going to go for another break. Um, after the break, we'll carry on with some of the big talk there, talking points from the world of sport this week, including a little bit of cricket. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Welcome back to the final part of Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Um, we are doing any other business, we're talking the national sporting stories right now. Uh, one of the biggest stories from the week was in rugby, uh, where Saracens have actually now been relegated from the Premiership um, for breaching the rules of wages. Well, I mean, we don't really do rugby on 
on this show, but you know, we, we, we it's we a big, like, big story. Like Ryan said in the last part, you know, we got our fingers in a lot of pies, so we, you know, we, we like to uh, keep uh, keep 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 abreast of uh, situations going on in the sporting world. And uh, yeah, big news coming out this week from the rugby. Um, the, rug- <laughs> the rugby <laughs> is that Saracens have been relegated. I mean, look, I I don't want to sound like a very callous, but. If you break the rules and you get caught, you're going to get punished. So the mantra is there, don't break the rules and get caught. Break the rules and don't get caught. So if you're listening, anyone, break the rules and don't get caught. Yeah, I mean, what it shows is that, you know, it's not just football where sides are trying to live within them, like above their means. Mm. Um, we've seen it with, with Bolton and Berry, um this season in particular. Um, but now, obviously, Saracens in, in rugby, from, from what I gather... You know, they're, they're spending too much money on the wages. It was quite, um, and it's always going to bite you in the in the behind. It was quite interesting when uh, when Owen Farrell, um, I believe he's England captain, um, actually came out this week and he was in an interview and and they actually asked him uh, about the situation, and uh, he pretty much deflected it and, and kind of said, you know, it, it is what it is, like almost in a way to say we know what we've done. And and we're we're accepting the punishment for it. And to be fair, I mean, when when you when you see it like that, it's obviously been something that's been widely known, you know, for right. a lot throughout throughout the club. Obviously, um, whilst it was all going on, um, and ultimately, I've got to say, I agree with the punishment. You know, if you break those strict rules that are in place to prevent teams from from doing exactly what they've done to overspend and and win the league, it, it is. It, yeah. You, you know, you, you get what you deserve. So you touch on the players, but for the players, it's it's kind of a win-win situation because they've had the success over the last few years. They've been winning trophies and winning leagues and whatever. But now Saracens get relegated, and well, those players will move on to different teams, exactly, and yeah. there uh, they won't be no, no different for them. No, exactly. It's sort of the fans who are but following the club are the, the ones that are going to miss out the most. The fans are going to get shafted, as is always the case that yeah. in every sport, really. When, yeah. when when you think about it, but uh, you know the players like. Like Farrell and uh, even I think Billy Vinopola, um England number eight plays mm. for Saracens as well. I mean, yeah. he's currently out injured, I believe. Um, but you know, those players are world class players who are going to get snapped up by that. You know, they're going to have a whole host of teams in the in the Premiership actually b- biting their hands off to get them. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and the club's well going to suffer. They'll, they'll well, yeah, exa- well, yeah, exactly. I mean, European teams as well. I mean, uh, and the, the club Saracens itself, they're going to suffer. But uh, you know, it's very early days. Though. It's very early days in terms of where where that's going to go. So there's one mm. to keep an eye on, definitely. I know teams like uh, Hartbury would be very excited to mm. have Saracens visiting well, them next season because they're well, going to yeah. be in the same league. So well, yeah. it's mad to think sort of dropping into that. But um, that's that's rugby chat. There we go. Um, we, we, we're we not experts on it. We just we don't talk about it too much on the show. But it was one of the biggest... We can blag, mate. Week. We can blag. So. Yeah, you did As blag. we just did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right. Something that you are a bit more familiar with is cricket. A bit of a milestone How is week. that? We love that's a bit of cricket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, England have been the first side to chalk up boy at five hundred half a million test runs. Yeah, incredible. Half a million. <coughs> I mean, that's great. That's a lot of running. A lot of running. Yeah. You ever Especially tried between two lots of sticks? You ever tried to run half a, uh, half a million times, like twenty one yards or whatever the distance? Twenty two. Twenty two yards between between two lines. You ever tried to do that, Matt? Mm, uh, I can't no. say I have. I, but, recently, I, but I bet it's very difficult. Mm. But you know, fair play. Joe Root was the man to get the. Uh, Half a millionth run, so it kind of, you know the captain. It kind of had to be really. It was written, um, but England started really well in the 
in the fourth test, the first day against South Africa on Friday, went, I think, it was 100 and 101 or 102 for naught at one point with uh, Zach Crawley and Dom Sibley putting on a good stand at, highest, at the opening. Our highest opening stand since, since 2009, 2009, wasn't it? Yeah, in uh, the first Ashes test, actually. Um, and uh, then sort of after after tea, they had a little bit of a wobble, lost four wickets for, I think, about 40 runs. Uh, I think they eventually settled on about 170 or so, hundred. I, I think it was like 192 or something like that for four, wasn't it? So sets England up quite nicely for, um, well, for obviously the, it will be going on right now as you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, sets England. So that either be 200 for, for eight. Yeah. Or, uh, well, it, I mean, it, I, I saw a comment on the BBC Sport website um, yesterday saying that it sets England very nicely for a, for a 300 plus first innings, and and you know take that into one of a pitch which is one of the most active pitches in in, in test cricket um you know with with bowlers who will be looking to to really sort of seize the initiative on day two so it's up for an interesting test match mm. lovely there you go definitely that's your cricket um you wanted to talk about snooker as yeah well. i did snooker the, the best thing i think about me. snooker this week was a whoopee cushion was put <laughs> in the audience <laughs> it wasn't a whoopee cushion as such it was one of those fire machines, machines yeah what, do people still own whoopee cushions, do you reckon? <laughs> I know, that's what the, the commentator was about 100 years old. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like Dennis Taylor, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely terrible. Was John Virgo at the time. Must have been it? a whoopee cushion, oh, it was terrible. Um, I mean, was so come on, live it up, Bring, make it like the so darts. He was so apoplectic about it, wasn't he? He was like, oh, I, can't believe, it. Oh, I can't believe he's done it. But that. the tournament yeah, itself, the, ma- the Masters <laughs> itself, bringing it back to the topic of snooker, Sorry. not uh, farting, um, <laughs> but um, the tournament was a weird one because... Um, Ronnie O'Sullivan, who was in the top 16 rankings, actually said, like he does with every tournament, do you know what, I don't fancy this one. <laughs> so he picks and chooses his workload, and he said, no, but I don't fancy this tournament. So 17th place, Ali Carter, entered into the tournament, and on his first uh, day, beats Mark Selby, the tournament fave, and then one by one, all of the big guns got beat. Mm, so crazy, Selby got beat, Ding got beat, Trump uh, uh, Trump got beat, uh, um, Robertson, Robertson got beat, yeah. Sean Murphy got beat in the end. Higgins got beat. They all just dropped like flies. And it um, ended with Ali Carter versus Stuart Bingham. And, you know, Ali Carter is a, a man who's fought a lot to get where he is at the moment, to get into in and around the top 16 bracket. It shows testament to him. He suffers from Crohn's disease, which has affected his, his playing um, throughout his years. Um, and he suffered from, from cancer a few years ago. So to get back and to get to where he is, you know, it would have been a complete fairy tale for him to win a tournament like the Masters, one of his first major, I think it would have been his first major ranking title, in fact, um, of one of the three big ones. So fair play to Stuart Bingham. Bingham was on the ropes after a, a good second session, came back in the evening session and, and ended up romping it. And, you know, his name's Bull Run. Ball run uh, Bingham is his nickname within the players because the ball just seems to run for him and yeah it did on the night but I was, I just watched the final very entertaining final um, and and yeah the Masters is a great tournament and it now puts me nicely in the mood for the World Championships in April if you could compare Ali Carter to a football club Everton Everton so I was going to say someone like Tottenham no not as good as Tottenham Mm. <laughs> well, not this season anyway. But Everton they, seems know, to have the success in the big uh, yeah, ones. Yeah, Everton seems to be, you know, occasionally they'll beat one of the big teams. But you know realistically they'll give it a go, but uh there'll be an odd occasion where they get to the top four or, or top six to, you know, force their way to the the, 
I will, yeah. I will also bring up as well with snooker. Obviously, you've got the Coral World Grand Prix starting at the race course, uh, Cheltenham race course, in the next, I think it's the 3rd of Feb to the 9th, I believe. So mm. uh, that one is coming around the corner. Obviously, I believe tickets are on sale on the race course website as well. So uh, I went last year, um, was there for the final, Trump against uh, Carter. I think Trump came out, uh, I think he won by about five frames in the end, but. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've actually gone to see snooker played live in a professional environment. It's well, very we went, intense, very, we, we very We went to intense. the uh, snooker academy, didn't we, Matt? Back in the early days of some yeah, sport. Yeah, in Gloucester, yeah. Um, met the likes of Barry Hawkins and Dominic Dale. Dominic mm-hmm. Dale loved us. Yeah. And he was talking to us, and he was saying to us that he wanted to go into the media next tournament on telly. He was doing the commentary. It was pretty re- weird, really. Mm. And who asked to be? Um, Mark Allen. Mark Allen yeah. we spoke to. Yeah, we spoke to him, didn't we? And also... I've also met Mark Selby there as well, my favourite ever yeah. sneaker player. The yeah, Jester from uh, Leicester. It's definitely something I would recommend if you Have you ever been to the Southwest Snooker Academy in Gloucester? No. Never Honestly, been I'm very quite gutted that they don't have enough more events there anymore. They used to have a um, tour event there um, every October. And it's honestly, they get to the one room. They basically every now and then they have the 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 match rooms where there's the match tables and and things like that. But they have the one one room one table arena, and every now and then you'd have a game on that. And you know, I've seen a few games on that table of very good quality and quality players that you know mm. former world champions. I've seen Steve Davis play on it, Jimmy White as well. And uh, you know, to be in that environment watching that, and you know, you're seeing things at a different angle completely. Um, but to be fair, I mean, snooker is one of those sports where, you know, watching it on telly, it's like compl- with cricket as well at the moment, you know, it's so good watching it on telly because the coverage is so good. It, 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 it's so good watching it on telly, but watching it actually live in the arena, yeah. it's something else, mate. Honestly, yeah. I tell you, cause you, you, you don't really get that sort of perspective when you're watching it on TV of just how sort of just <laughs> intense is just is the word I've just used. There, there's no other word I can use to describe it better than that because it is it is. Honestly, that it, it's I can't think of another adjective to describe it, mate. It, it's it's great. Yeah, it, it is, is great. It, it is, great. is great. It is great to watch. And it I, I, I do wish they had more tour events in in the Southwest Snooker Academy in Gloucester because, you know, we'd be there. Uh, we'd be there all over that. They've also uh, at the race course. I think the week after the snooker, they got the darts back there where they did yeah, the yeah. Um, yeah. Grand Slam Masters. Yeah, I went to that, that last year as well. Actually, um, that was that was interesting. Before the before the main uh, sort of the main boys came on, they had they pick some guy from from the crowd who had entered like this uh, obviously done like a raffle for players from local darts clubs to to play a leg against Michael Van Gerwen and uh, and and the guy won yeah. um and he, and he he took it out in like 11 darts or something nice obviously Van Gerwen was just kind of yeah well you know whatever just, just some nobody and uh, then I think he lost to Gerwen Price in the final so uh, yeah good th- practice good start for him I think um Van Gerwen and Gerwen Price were both there again this year as well so very good very good darts on show there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this has been show number three. If you want to listen back to any of our shows so far or um, missed any of today's show, go over to Spotify right now and you'll be able to listen back to this show and the previous ones. And you can follow us as well. Oh, yes, follow us on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. You get straight into your Spotify account then. You haven't got to do anything. It's just right there. Class, mate. Modern technology. Who'd, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Um, we are back next Saturday from 10am here on Dean Radio. Have you got any final things you just want to chuck into the mix? Uh, follow us on Twitter and, f- and oh, Facebook yeah. and everything like that. You know how it is. And, also, and also, as uh, 
we've said throughout the, the show, there are plenty of games to get to today. Mm. So, you know, if you can get down to a game, pick one and, and go for it. Sevensport.co.uk for the full list of fixtures in and around the county for this afternoon. There we go. That finishes off nicely. But you see you next week from 10am here on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Radio.